Chris, you're looking good from where I sit. I'm looking at Chris on FaceTime as we uh, self-isolate and we have been working not together, uh, but apart since mid-March. We, we've been apart from our dear old Dave, who is in the control room at Chorus Key. Chris, did you get, did your wife uh, take a number two to the side of your head just recently? Yeah, she took the beard trimmer to the side of the head, so yeah. it doesn't quite uh, work like a normal one would be. There's a little less room for error, so it's touch and go, actually, this weekend. But uh, It's debatable. Will you survived. ever go back to Robert at the house of Robert? I don't know. <laughs> no, I will. I promise you, Robert, I'll be there. <laughs> listen, a lot of men, now that they've got a handle on um, cutting their own hair or having you know, their partner cut their hair for them with the clippers, you know, I want a number five on the top, I want a two on the sides. They're they're wondering if they'll ever go back to their hairstylist again. I would like to say you're going back because there is, for sure, women will be going back because our hair is, is and our needs are more complex, not to break it down to gender, but at the end of the day, very hard to do your own hair dye. Very, very difficult. And, you know, you want to get a good layer in there. You want some lift. You want anything that involves any kind of height. Uh, odds are you will be dying to go back to your hairstylist. The question is, now with this state of emergency in the province extended to the end of June, what does this mean for hairstylists? I was just thinking about my hairdresser the other day and wondering, well, I was thinking from a selfish point of view, for sure, when can I go back to her? But I was also thinking, like, when is she going to feel safe enough to open up? There is a new collective that's been set up in, uh, I believe it's based out of Ottawa, but it's a hairdresser and a salon owner uh, collective. Here to talk about it, Sarah Cross, owner of Salon Bliss in Ottawa and member of the Ontario Salon and Spa Owner and Stylist Collective. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, thank you for having me. So what is the goal of this collective and why was it set up? Um, well, the group um, of us really were not getting any answers from any avenue that we went to. So um, it was sort of like... Answers on, like, when can you open up again? Yeah. So as a business owner myself, um, I have to pay rent and I have to pay my hydro and all of those bills that come along with owning a business. But I also need to keep my team involved in in what this looks like for them. So... um, we formed a group and said, let's link together and get some answers. I mean, I'm having calls from, from some of my clients crying because, you know, they can't get their hair done. Are we? I know. And it seems ridiculous. I mean, it, it, I, I know it's your livelihood, but it seems ridiculous when you hear that a grown person would call their hairdresser crying, but I, who, who has not been in a hair emergency before? I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but it also does, it really, as far as mental health goes, there is a big component there. Everybody knows a bad hair day is a real thing. And um, you guys are, you're not just facing uh, the fact that you'd like to take care of people's bad hair days, but you want to do this safely. And as you're watching uh, other provinces slowly reopen, like I think BC's got their hairstylists back to work and their barbers back to work. There's a big question mark on, well, if they can do it, how long till we can do it? Right. So yeah, you're, and one of where our you're, big, sorry. No, go ahead. One of our big issues here in Ottawa is the fact that on the Quebec side, the hairstylists are allowed to open and they are right. taking clients from the Ontario side. Not to mention there are stylists going underground and starting to cut hair from homes and driveways and backyards and things like that. 
Really? So are they figuring if they cut outside, it's safer for the client and for themselves? I'm not entirely sure. I don't support that avenue of work, which is why we've collectively come up with this type of platform to now protect our community, which is the point of this, um, to closing our businesses is for our community, not for our individual selves necessarily. Um, So we want to bring the education on how can we reopen and why are we not opening at the moment? Some people do want to, some people don't, but for those of of the people that do want to, we want to have a clear understanding of um, the PPE that is required and um, some guarantees on availability and um, reasonable cost for gloves. For example, they went from a hundred gloves for $10 for a hundred gloves for $20. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so your so dubs, your gloves are doubled in in price, and beyond that, you always used gloves. So you were already right. um, procuring gloves before the pandemic hit. I want to talk about uh, the idea of a choice as well, because you're advocating for that. You'd like, as far as this collective goes, um, which is largely uh, barbers, hairstylists, salon owners, you want everyone to have the choice to open rather than be forced to open. Can you talk to that? Yeah. So um, I think it's um, an individual choice. We all have a different combination of lifestyles that may or may not include people that are at risk. There may be some stylists that maybe have a lower immune system in the first place. So having a choice like anybody in the world, I think, is very important. And, um, you know, we don't know what COVID-19 means to us all. Um, so, you know, for those who are maybe immune, immune systems are at risk, then yeah, they should be able to have a choice. So based on what you've learned from looking at, at BC and how they're, um, adopting safety measures, do, do you feel confident, um, and have you, you and your collective worked out a plan on how local hairstylists could adopt safety measures in order to, you know, actually start serving clients again? My personal opinion on that is um, I, I feel safe. Um, I have a great immune system. Um, all of the safety measures other than the masks and immediate hand washing and hand sanitizer have been put into place at my salon uh, since the beginning. So washing and disinfecting tools, not using the second cape, um, I've done all of those things already. Um, but what do you mean not using our... the second cape? Because some, for some of us, we don't, we're not privy to this hairstylist oh. lingo. Okay, so sometimes uh, stylists um, have no, been known to use the same cape all day. So they'll use like neck strips or something, whereas a lot of us use a fresh cape per client. So I want a fresh not... cape. I've never had a pre-used cape. Good. Great. You're going Who to wants a right second? Places. I don't want somebody's old cape. I want a new cape every time I come. Freshly right. laundered. Is that too much to ask? So, okay, well, so. that's why I didn't know about the secondary cape, because I don't go to those kind of stylists. 
But so you yeah. you're basically you're setting up me- hair um, safety measures in hair salons, basically by making sure that um, equipment that was used by one client isn't used by the next until it is properly sterilized. And I get that, and I think that's responsible. How do you cut around a hair? Uh, uh, how do you cut hair around a face mask? Is my big question. Because assuming that you'll ask clients to put a mask on, you're going to have to navigate around that mask. Right. So some of the solutions um, that we've come up with, hairstylists are extremely resourceful, if you don't know that already. So we have um, different options of uh, double-sided tapes that are okay to use on your skin. Um, There is uh, Spider Tech has come out with a whole idea of taping your mask so it's actually sealed. Um, So... There will be no shortcuts in, in right. how we operate. You know, these second, you know, double-sided uh, skin tape, there's a cost to it. But we are willing to spend that money with the support from our community and government. So I understand the reason why uh, Ottawa salon owners would be upset because you can just go across the bridge to the Gatineau and you in, in no time you could be getting your hair done because uh, Quebec has different regulations on reopening than we do here in our province. Do you think that we should be looking at a regional uh, reopening strategy when it comes to hairstylists in the in the province? Absolutely, in my opinion, and I do think that. All right, and, and starting are- obviously with with Ottawa? Well, I mean, I want it to be myself and this group are working for the greater good. We're doing it for um, the whole community, not just hairstylists. So, you know, if it's safer in one area, then yes, absolutely allow them to open. Give us the support and the help, you know, that we need. Um, some businesses are not being helped, as you know, with their rent subsidy. You know, we're paying full rent to occupy a space that we can't have an income. <laughs> like, there's mm-hmm. no possible way that we can make money during this time. So I, I feel sorry for you. Hopefully, some of the landlords that... Um you know, ha- our supplying space have have already got deals with their their clients or are taking uh, advantage of the subsidy for for uh, rent because it is. Uh, I get it. That's a tough industry. We don't know when you're going to um, be given the the thumbs up on on when you can safely reopen again if you're in the uh, area of being a, a spa owner or a, a hair salon. And we, right. I, I think people feel for you because you are, you know, for. In some people's minds, it's essential that they get a haircut. Like it is, it is essential. So, how do we get back to that safely? Is the big question. How do we keep businesses like yours uh, safe and also operating and afloat during this pandemic? Big questions. But I think it's really smart to put together a collective. This is what the restaurant industry has done, and I think it's smart that you're following suit because there are a lot of questions to ask. And when you do start to talk to the government, you want to make sure that you have all your ducks in the row. You want to make sure everything's checked off. You've been through it all and you know what you, uh, you know, where you need assistance and where you can safely start to ease on, um, you know, opening up your businesses again. Well, and the one thing that I'd like to add is um Part of this is so our clients and the community understand the efforts that stylists are putting into this 
to make sure it's done correctly um, for our community. And please wait for your stylist if you possibly can. And if it is essential to you, then share that voice so then stylists can be taken more seriously. Yeah, one of the things, speaking of sharing voices, one of the things to do with the masks is, uh, you know, people have said that it's a lot harder to talk to people through a mask. I think, you know, if there's a civil, silver lining at all, you guys said, you said that, you know, hairstylists are very resourceful. They're also um, great multitaskers. I don't know how you guys do it. You must be emotionally drained at the end of the day hearing about everybody's problems because people tend to offload on the hairstylist like they are their psychiatrist so there's one bright side of wearing the mask you might actually have a when we uh, start to reopen you might have a, a quieter day oh probably not we'll talk louder we'll dance we'll <laughs> body language it up to make it a great time don't worry about that all right well listen thank you very much for joining us it's uh it's a pleasure talking to you sarah thank you so much for your time and have a great day